news and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Welcome to Weekend Live. I'm Sam Shane. It is uh, 5.06 on a sweltering Saturday evening. Thanks for being with us. we got two hours with you live here at KFBK, and uh, you can feel free to join in on the conversation. By the way, the phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We take a look back at some of the big stories of the week, a look forward to what may be coming up. Uh, it was quite a week for news. There's a lot to get to in the next two hours. Uh, the networks and major newspapers were almost breathless in their coverage regarding immigration and the separation of children from parents who are illegal immigrants in this country. Uh, the reality is, of course, it's been taking place for decades in this country, not just with this administration. We're going to show you the evidence uh, of the history, uh, uh, why this has been a problem, not just in the past two weeks. And, and we're going to take a good hard look as to why all of a sudden it's become such a huge story. Why now? Uh, we'll take a look at that in the next couple of hours. Uh, we're also going to take a look at some eye-popping numbers regarding pensions in the state of California. We've been talking about this a little bit. Last week, we touched upon one local city that's uh, in trouble trying to raise sales tax to cover their pension costs. Now there's another local city manager on the record saying they, too, are in trouble. Uh, believe it or not, there are people in this state who have retired from government service work and are receiving $300,000 a year or more in pensions. It's amazing how much money is being spent out there on pensions and how much damage it's doing to local governments. We'll talk about that. California Democrats are a bit torn. There are some who are pretty well-known or are calling for the impeachment of Donald Trump, and there is one prominent Democrat from the state of California who says if that happens, that is a big mistake. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well and take a look at some of the other items that maybe you didn't see on your local newscast or your network newscast that you may find interesting or relevant. But we will begin with what clearly was uh, the biggest story of this past week. And no, the biggest story was not immigration. The biggest story was the Inspector General's report and the Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz, who testified before Congress, and what serious implications this may have for the Constitution of the United States and the strength of this union going forward. Trey Gowdy is about to speak in just a little bit, and he gets to that point and makes some remarkable points for all of us to take in and soak in. So it was this week, Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz, he confirmed this on Tuesday when he first testified, that they are now investigating the FBI official named Peter Strzok, who was one of the lead investigators. Now remember, the report found that five investigators from both the Department of Justice and FBI who were looking into the Clinton email scandal and who were subsequently looking also into the Russia allegations had obvious bias against Donald Trump and for Hillary Clinton. The, some of the five top investigators in the entire investigation were biased in their personal tweets and communications against Donald Trump. So they are now officially looking into whether Peter Strzok from the FBI and his anti-Trump bias actually factored into the launch of the Bureau's Russia probe. That now, in and of itself, has become part of the investigation. And his testimony was quite interesting this week. He was asked about texts from Peter Strzok that clearly showed his political bias against Donald Trump and for Hillary Clinton. Do you believe this text shows political bias? Uh, I think, as we found, it clearly shows a biased state of mind. And if so, do you believe the political bias shown by this text had an effect on the initiation of the Russia investigation? I think, as you know, uh, Mr. Chairman, that's a matter we've got under review and are looking at right now. 
More, more to be determined on that. More to be determined. Struck's in trouble. Struck is in trouble here. I don't know how far this goes, but every layer of the onion that gets peeled back now is revealing actual evidence. Unlike the Russia investigation, which we still haven't seen any evidence or any charges. But there's meat in this thing. So he's talking about the text, and you may have heard about the text, but we need to just revisit the text. It's the most infamous one, revealed last week in the IG report on the Clinton email case. Strzok was responding, we will stop it. His colleague and lover, Lisa Page, was seeking assurances that Trump would not become president. So specifically, the report says, Page texted Strzok on August of 2016 and said, Trump's never going to become president, right? Right? No, no. No, he won't. We'll stop it, Strzok responded. So that was the specific text that was being referenced in that question of Horowitz. And they're now investigating Strzok. But some of the most interesting, I think, developments to come from the opening of this hearing was from Trey Gowdy. And if you've not heard Trey Gowdy, that's pretty remarkable in and of itself. But the first time that I heard Trey Gowdy, I thought to myself, this guy's different. There's something about this fella. Yes, he's a politician. But there's something about him that he has a, a burning desire, and you can feel it and sense it when it comes to prosecution objectivity and fairness. He is a former prosecutor and investigator. He understands people's rights. He understands the Constitution. He is the Republican chair of the House Oversight Committee, and he opened Tuesday's hearing with a powerful statement. We're going to play some clips for you. He said the IG report clearly shows political bias among FBI and DOJ lead investigators that they clearly, their bias, determined the outcome of the investigations. There were FBI agents and attorneys who decided to prejudge the outcome of the Hillary Clinton case before the investigation ended. I want you to let that sink in for a second. They prejudged the outcome of the Hillary Clinton investigation before the investigation ended, and these exact same FBI agents and attorneys prejudged the outcome of the Russia investigation before it even began. Prejudged. Phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. What troubles Gowdy so much here, and frankly, there are a lot of people who are questioning this finding from the IG report. The Office of Inspector General found no evidence that the bias found impacted prosecutorial, prosecutorial decisions in the Clinton email probe. And Gowdy and others are saying, wait a second, how could it not? How could you be biased in your text and your communications? Obviously biased. And that does not determine the outcome of the investigation. That makes no sense. And so Gowdy took Michael Horowitz to task for saying that there is no evidence that political bias, bias determined the results on both the Clinton email scandal or the Russia investigation. If prejudging the outcome of an investigation before it ends and prejudging the outcome of an investigation before it begins is not evidence of outcome determinative bias for the life of me, I don't know what would be. That is textbook bias. It is quite literally the definition of bias. Gowdy makes a great point. How is this not bias? In fact, guess what? It's textbook bias, and it's the definition of bias. What do you think? Were they biased? And did it really impact 
the outcome of these investigations? Or did it steer him in a certain direction? Phone numbers 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. On the other side, we're going to hear from Trey Gowdy a little bit more and why he is so terribly troubled by the, the Inspector General's report and why he believes from a constitutional standpoint when top federal investigators are biased, clearly biased, and there are people who are actually going to jail in some of these investigations, why that is such a threat to our country. Time now is 514. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We're here till 7 o'clock, 916-921-1530, Give us a call. We'll be right back. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. One hundred degrees. Yeah. Came across this as I was stacking the show. Computers are taking over the world, my friends. It's happening. The world's first robot-made burger about to hit the Bay Area. Robot-made burger. Here are the details. Maybe you want to run and get one. June 27th is the big day. It's coming up. The world's first robot-crafted burger will roll off a conveyor belt in San Francisco. Bay Area-based creator, that's the name of the company, it's a culinary robotics company, is assembled and cooked in a machine. It contains 20 computers, 350 sensors, and 50 actuator mechanisms. It does everything from slicing and toasting the bun to adding toppings and seasoning and cooking the patties all in five minutes. The meat is ground to order. The price, $6. So the machines can cook the burgers over a hot griddle and slice tomatoes more efficiently, says the creator of Creator, than any human can do, and we don't have to worry about a health hazard of people showing up to work on the grill with a cold. So that makes sense. So apparently this contraption looks like some sort of Willy Wonka-esque food machine. It has a 14-foot-long chute. They call it the Culinary Instrument. Features glass chutes, transports buns, silos that dispense sauce and paddles, and then it gently pushes the evolving burger along. Robot-made burgers are on the way. Would you eat one? <laughs> uh, phone number here is 916-921-1530, This is Weekend Live. My name is Sam Shane, and I'm glad that you have joined us. We are here every... Saturday evening from 5 to 7 p.m. We take a look at back at the, some of the big news of the past week. And we look forward to what's coming up in the week ahead. And we're spending the next few minutes talking about Trey Gowdy and the opening uh, hearings that took place on Capitol Hill in which Michael Horowitz, he's with the Justice Department's He's the inspector general, and they issued a report, of course, uh, very critical of the FBI and the DOJ's top investigators, saying that they were biased as they were looking into both the Hillary Clinton email scandal and the Russia investigation. And Gowdy went on to say, we'll play two more clips from him here to give you a sense of the importance of this story, which frankly did not receive nearly the coverage 
that immigration has been receiving over the last week and a half. And we're going to take a look as to why that is coming up as well. But Gowdy says that the notion that somehow bias is not harmful in an investigation is just simply nonsense. These agents were calling her president before she was even interviewed. They were calling for the end of the Trump campaign before the investigation even began. They were calling for impeachment simply because he happened to be elected. That is bias. And with all due respect, it's the FBI's job, not mine, to prove that bias can ever be harmless. Because I don't agree. I think bias is always harmful. 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. Are you at all troubled by what you have heard about the IG report and the opening hearings this past week, which revealed not only bias, but an investigation into bias with top investigators at the FBI and the implications this has for our country and for the very foundation of democracy. If people are going to be thrown in jail because of their political beliefs, I mean, are we headed down that path or have we already arrived there? Some suggest Paul Manafort should not be in jail. He hasn't been Convicted of a crime. Maybe it was just his political association with Donald Trump that led him to jail. The final bite that I'd like to play for you, the audio clip, goes right to that topic from Trey Trey Gowdy. He had this message for the American people. He urged them to pay attention, to hold their leaders accountable, don't go to sleep. He talked about the importance of the rule of law and the Constitution. To our fellow citizens watching at home, be unrelenting in your expectations of our justice system. Never lower those expectations. Respect for the rule of law is the thread that holds the tapestry of this country together. And it depends upon you having confidence in those you empower to enforce the law. And importantly, do not ever accept the notion that those victimized or impacted or negatively treated because of bias or prejudgment have any burden of proving harm. Bias is intrinsically harmful. It is the making up of your mind based on anything other than the facts. This is a man who spent most of his life being a prosecutor and knows about facts and knows about bias and knows about the dangers of bias and understands just how serious these revelations are by the IG. I'm just wondering if the rest of the country is figuring that out or not. Uh, the phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Uh, there's a call now to have James Comey subpoenaed and bring him in. There's much more to this story. Gowdy went on to say, and this is a direct quote, we can survive with politicians we don't trust. We cannot survive with a justice system we do not trust. Do you trust our justice system? Is it working? Are are these hearings a, a good sign? Are we headed in the right direction? Or should we be spending all of our time, most of our time, a majority of our time on our newscasts talking about an immigration story that's decades old? 
You can weigh in if you give us a call here at KFBK. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. Thank you for joining us. We are going to get into, in the next half hour, uh, the pension story. Uh, if you were listening last weekend, uh, I said right here, the mayor of Sacramento, Daryl Steinberg, wants to raise the sales tax by one cent, another cent. He wants to add a cent to the sales tax to raise about $100 million. And he says he wants to do it for all these really good reasons, to build housing and build the business community. And, and I said on the air Saturday, the reason that he needs that sales tax money is because pensions. They have an, an enormous pension problem coming at him. And he sees it coming. Everybody, everybody sees it coming. Well, it turns out now that there's a, a local newspaper that just wrote an article and they said, uh, yeah, maybe he uh, wants to raise these this sales tax because of uh, pensions. They wrote that about a day ago. We said it here a week ago. I'll stick by it. Well, now there's another local city. The city manager came out and uh, we're going to play his audio clip on the other side of the break. And he admitted that their city's in big trouble and they could run out of money. They could go broke. Look, folks, this is going to happen up and down the state of California, I assure you. There's no question about it. The numbers don't lie. There's no way of escaping this. There are people who have worked for the state of California or for government in California who have retired who today are collecting more than $300,000 a year in pensions. You wonder why we're broke? I'm going to go over some of those numbers for you. And these numbers are amazing how many are making that. And not just over 300. The number of people making more than $200,000 a year in pensions. You're not going to believe the number. I, I know I didn't. And I covered this story dating back 20 years. Because there were people from Stanford 20 years ago who were saying, we're warning you, your politicians are promising these big pe pensions and big retirement packages. And you're not going to have the money to pay them. It's not going to be there. So we're going to take a look at that. Also, Democrats split over whether or not Donald Trump should be impeached. Little infighting going on in the Democratic Party. Should we even be talking about impeachment? Or is that a big mistake? Maybe Republicans actually benefit from Democrats talking about impeaching Donald Trump. That's one theory. There are others. I'm Sam Shane. The phone number here, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Time now is coming up on 530. We'll be right back. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Sweltering Saturday night. Thanks for being with us, sharing it with us. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK. Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Just looking at the monitors in the studio, the network newscast you're on here locally right now. We are at uh, 36 past the top of the newscast, and they remain on the same story. Guess what it is? Immigration and separation of children from illegal parents. We're going to take a look later. We're going to tell you some remarkable statistics on how much attention they have paid to this story this week. And this story, in reality, is decades old. And this stuff has been going on with previous administrations, including the Obama administration. They separated children from parents. Why it's getting this attention now, well, there's a theory I have. We'll get to that. Uh, let's get to Sally right now. She joins us right now, and uh, we've been talking about uh, bias 
With regards to the Inspector General report, Sally, uh, thanks for joining us. How are you this evening, and uh, what are your thoughts on this? I'm good, and I'm sure your theory about why there's so much emphasis on immigration is correct. Um, no, no when, federal... when, you say, when you say my theory on that is that this, this story is being pushed to the forefront to push the IG report to the back, back pages. Exactly, which has been going on for months and months in the media. I, no, I, I just, totally agree, and I worked in the media for 30 years. I've just never seen it anything like this. I haven't either. Um, unfortunately, I, I believe that there are very few professional journalists nowadays who adhere to the uh, code of honor of objectivity and facts that used to be prevalent in the journalist well, I look. I think that there are some out there, Sally, that do. I think that there oh, yeah, are there there, there there are there few, are few. Yeah. The, the problem that I have is what we're seeing is an an, an institutional uh, problem in terms of coverage. I mean, we we are seeing major corporations <laughs> now running these networks and these and these big media outlets. Yeah. And and they're 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 clearly pushing what what I believe is is an this IG report is so substantial. And have yes. the the implications of this for the, from the for the foundation of our country and our government are so significant, and to give it such little attention is remarkable to me. Okay, let me tell you that as a federal employee, I can tell you that the practice of upper levels completely ignoring and or bending and twisting regulations and rules to suit them what they want them to be has become culture. You've seen it. I have seen it. I see it every day. Now, can you tell us where you work, or is that something you just can't share? No, I can't share that. I, I'll just tell you that I'm a federal employee because the bias is so heavy. And is it, um, it does it heavily lean left or right, or does it lean in any particular? Left. Left. left heavily left. Um, cronyism is rampant. Uh it's to the extent to where even the human resource and civil rights and EEO uh, departments within departments and agencies in, in the government are not adhering to the rules. They are, as an example, they're required to maintain records mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of, of, you know, of activities and and personnel oh look i don't think anybody in america would be at all surprised that there are nefarious actions being taken by who knows they don't do it they don't keep those records well uh, but, 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 because but, if they did then if they were ever pulled up in a in a, in oh, a legal see. context they right. would be right you know right no i yeah like yeah shredding documents no look are you surprised at all by the what we heard from the IG report that you have five top investigators from DOJ and FBI who are clearly biased, who are looking into Hillary Clinton's activities and, and, and Trump's activities? No, I am not. I am of the firm belief that, don't misunderstand me, I, I am not, um, I'm not saying that I am an extreme right-leaning person. Mm -hmm. I am, I believe in balance. And I think that what has happened is one side has had so much power for so long that it's become completely corrupt. Mm. Okay. That's, that's, that's the way uh, we're human. So we're flawed. Right. And I think that when one element of a society has too much power for too long, right. 
it, it's inevitable that it becomes corrupt. Well, and we're going to hear from Newt Gingrich later in in this news in this newscast in this uh, show coming up before seven o'clock. And in his his theory, Sally is quite clear. <laughs> Donald Trump is stirring it up so much it doesn't matter that the deep state is so petrified of this man who is actually mm-hmm. doing what he promised the voters he would do and that he would go exactly. in and turn things upside down, that they're going to fight tooth and nail to the end, no matter what. Yes, so, yes. they'll lie, they'll do anything. They'll all right, anything. Sally, listen, I really appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in. Um, time now is uh, 541. Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Let's talk pensions. It's a massive problem, and it's only getting worse. And you can bury your head in the sand and say, oh, I don't want to hear this anymore. I don't, want, I don't want to deal with this. Or you can be enlightened. And you can know what's going on out there in your cities and counties and states across this country. Because the fact of the matter is, particularly in California, there's a train wreck coming. And when your leaders tell you that they want to raise your taxes to pay for great things like building housing for those who don't have a home or improving neighbors, neighborhoods or libraries or business activities, building business parks. Just take a look at the numbers and then you can actually pencil it out for yourself because that just doesn't add up. So a report came out this past week on CalPERS and CalSTRS. Those are the two big pensions in California and they're, they're enormous pension. They're enormous pension funds. They're one of the biggest on Wall Street. And one of the reasons they're in big trouble is that, that they made a series of horrible investments. When the market crashed, they, they got crushed. And they've never fully recovered from that. In addition to the fact that we have had political leaders in this state at every level who have promised pensions and retirement benefits for decades that they aren't able to deliver on. How much does it take to me to be in the top 100 earning CalPERS or CalSTRS retirees? A pension of 219000 That's right. The top 100, just to get in the top 100, there are more than 100 people that are making more than $219,000 per year in retirement in both CalSTRS and CalPERS. So when they raise your taxes, that's where it's going. I don't know what you're getting in your retirement. I don't know if you're making two hundred and twenty grand a year and not retired. If you are, good. Most Americans aren't. But I guess the notion of public service would be, you know, to serve the public and, and not benefit financially. There's a guy, Michael Johnson, CalPERS. He's the biggest pension getter in California. Worked in Solano County. Makes $390,000 a year in pension. So there are uh, seven who make more than 300000 in CalPERS, seven people in CalSTRS who make more than 300000 That's the teacher's retirement. Not that we shouldn't, I'm not saying we can't and shouldn't take care of public employees. That's not the issue. But we've got to be reasonable here. I mean, this is just out of whack. So what does that mean? Well, you've got local cities now that are in trouble because these big pension funds have gone to the cities and said, ah, we're running low on cash, and you got to kick in more. And the cities are saying, we don't have it. And one of those cities would be Sacramento, California. They're in trouble with their pension. 
So the mayor says, I want to raise the sales tax by one full cent. And that's going to be on the November ballot. However, if it doesn't pass, you're going to be looking at police officers and firefighters who are likely going to lose their jobs. City's budget deficit will grow to $85 million by 2024. $85 million in Sacramento, and it's not the only one. We're going to play uh, an audio clip on the other side from another local city manager who now says, came out and said, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble, like within the next three years. So we'll get to that. And also uh, how Democrats are torn. Top Democrats in the state of California, some think that Donald Trump should be impeached. Do they have a case? What is their case? I mean, what's the guy legally done wrong? Well, we'll hear what they have to say about that, and we'll hear from a top Democrat who says, talking about impeachment is doing a big favor for Republicans. So we'll take a look at that. The phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. This is Weekend Live. I'm Sam Shane, and we'll be right back. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio KFBK. They told her to get out. Sarah Sanders and her family went to go have some dinner, have a meal, at a Virginia restaurant, and they refused to serve her and seven family members. This took place Friday night, last night. White House Press Secretary tweeted out on Saturday morning, this morning, that she, quote, politely left. The Red Hen in Lexington, Virginia. It was made clear that she was not welcome because she works for the President of the United States. She tweeted further on Sunday morning, last night I was told by the owner of the Red Hen in Lexington, in Lexington, Virginia, to leave because I work for POTUS, which is President of the United States. And I politely left. Her actions say far more about her than me. I always do my best to treat people, including those I disagree with, respectfully, and will continue to do so. So her father is Mike Huckabee. You know, he was the governor in Arkansas from 96 to 2007. He tweeted, Quote, bigotry on the menu at the Red Hen restaurant in Lexington, Virginia. Or you can ask for the hate plate. And appetizers are small plates for small minds. Not a bad tweet. You don't suppose the ACLU is going to investigate this, do you? I mean, civil liberties for all, right? Okay, the uh, phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We're here on Saturday nights from 5 to 7. We're live here at KFBK looking back at the day's, uh, the week's big stories and uh, a look ahead of what's coming up. And uh, you can give us a call and uh, weigh in. We've been talking a little bit about pensions, and I want to just uh, further this discussion. Uh, Luis, my producer, did a little digging, some nice work during the break. Just to put this in perspective, when people are making in excess of $200,000 a year in a government pension, if you spend 20 years in the military, your pension is 30000 a year as opposed to 400000 a year. I'm not saying that everybody out there who retired from the state or is a retired teacher obviously doesn't make that. Most make far less than that. But it's these cases of excess that demonstrate a system that is completely bloated and out of control. And now there's another local city. We talked a little bit about Sacramento before the break, and now I want to talk a little bit about Lodi. 
because Lodi is the one that has now jumped on the trouble train in the world of pensions. Steve Schwabauer, he's the Lodi city manager, and he recently testified at a hearing, and he said that the city of Lodi will completely run out of all of their reserves in just three years. All of our reserves we will have swept through by 2021. We'll have no money left, not our general fund reserve, not our pension stabilization fund. All of that will be gone. That's a pretty daunting prospect for me as a city manager. You can hear it in his voice. 2021, all their reserves gone. Three years from now. These guys don't know what to do. They're stuck. Because promises were made that can't be kept. And of course, the market crash happened. But the problem with the formula, with all of these pensions and these pension funds is they were depending on these returns that were just enormous. 10%, 12% annually. I mean, you talk to just about any investment person who knows what they're talking about and say, look... Yeah, you, you might get 10 or 12% a year. You might get 20% in a great year. You might get 2%. Zero. You might lose money. It doesn't average out to 10 or 12%. That's just not a realistic number. And those were the projections that were made by the professionals at these large pension funds. And then they passed it along to lawmakers and said, hey, you know what, guys? We're going to be making money hand over fist like this forever. We're good. So feel free to hand out the money. Well, the market crashes. Now we can't pay it back. We're in trouble. That's where we stand today. That's how that happened. And these tax hikes are not going for all these wonderful programs like libraries. That's just ridiculous. Time now is uh, 5.55, phone number 916-921-1530, My name is Sam Shane. Let's go to Steve in Orangevale calling in on a Saturday night, and I hope you're staying cool, Steve. It's quite a hot well, evening out there. Yeah, it is. Uh, 101 on my thermometer. I'm on my way to work. So uh, okay. What, what's, on, what's on your mind? But hey, yeah, so um, like you, I, well, I got two things. One on the, uh, the IT report and also on the pension thing. So on the IT report, like you, I was always a big fan of Trey Galley, but, you know, as time has come to pass, I find that Trey is, he talks a good game, but he's really accomplished very little, you know, with all his um, his various investigations. Uh, well, but in defense, Steve, in defense of Trey Gowdy, uh, this is a man who, who I, I think raises some very valid points and some investigations that are right on point, and he runs into a lot of hurdles in Washington, D.C. He's running up against the deep state just like trump is sure but but what's he doing he's quitting well he is quitting i know that i get that and i'm not sure he's backing down because he's giving up or giving in i don't know the real reason behind why he is but let's give the guy some credit where you know when when, when there were people who in washington dc were not standing up trey gowdy was yeah I, and i agree with that but but when the when the rubber hits the road i mean his accomplishments in, against all this stuff are, are slim to none. Well, and I'll just put it that. He talks okay. a good game, 
Steve, and I like what he has to say, but his follow-through is, is really lacking. Hey, I look, I will agree with you on the record at the end of the day, but I do think that we got to give the guy some credit for at least diving in and asking the tough questions that people in Washington, D.C. have not been willing to do for far too long. Hey, listen, I don't know if you have time to hold on, but we're up on against a hard break. Do you want to bring up your second point on the other side? Yes, sir. Okay, Steve, hang on. We'll get you on the other side of the break. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK. The phone number, phone number here, 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. Uh, more on the pensions with Steve. And also, we're going to talk about Democrats who are torn about whether or not Donald Trump should be impeached. Back in a moment. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. It's Weekend Live. And we are live at the KFBK studios. My name is Sam Shane. We're here for another hour. We'll wrap it up at 7 o'clock tonight. Thanks for joining us here. The phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. There's a rift in the Democrat Party in California. Should we be pushing for the impeachment of Donald Trump? Some are calling for him to be impeached. Others are saying, wait a second, that's a huge mistake to call that. Before we get to that, we get back to Steve. He's in Orangevale, kind enough to hang on the line over the break. And uh, we're going to pick up our discussion because you want to talk a little bit about pensions, Steve? Yeah, hey, just real quick, back on the other thing. I don't think anything is going to come of this IG report because basically the the Republicans are a bunch of cowards and they aren't going to press Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I might get to it. I don't think I'll get time tonight, but I, I know that uh, Grassley has said in a recent interview with C-SPAN that he wants to call uh, Comey, uh, subpoena him. Yeah, uh, I and, and 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 Loretta, and Loretta Lynch. I, I look. I, I don't. I don't know. I think there's some meat on this one. I'm not sure where Hopefully. it's going to end up, but I don't know what happens. But I think there's meat on this one. Hopefully, but with the pension thing, um, I'm a former police officer and deputy sheriff. Uh, I worked for the city of Vallejo when they were going through a bankruptcy, and when I was there, there was 140 cops, and they went down to uh, the low 90s in cops for a city like Vallejo. Right, and. Uh, you know, the pension system, these cops and these firemen deserve their pension because they put their lives on the line and right. they deserve it. But, in, in many instances, they don't get paid that great. No, they don't. And neither, and neither do teachers. Right. And they should have, I think, a, a good pension. I don't disagree. Steve, I, I don't disagree with you. But yeah. here's the problem. When you're fiscally irresponsible with money and you can't Absolutely. pay the bills, then nobody gets a pension or, or a reduced right. pension or you lose right. police officers on the street. I mean, and that's where I was going. The, the, the pension situation in this state and, and much of the country is not sustainable. We can't, and I don't have the answer for it. I don't know what the answer is. Um, I do know the cops and firemen and some teachers deserve their, their good retirement, but that retirement system is not sustainable. No, I, I agree, and, and we have to find something that's reasonable. And it's certainly not reasonable that anybody is receiving more than $200,000 a year in, in retirement. That's crazy. And, in some cases, people are making more in retirement than they were oh. on the job. Uh, Steve, I can't tell you how many stories I, I've done on double dipping. It's so yeah. prevalent. It's ridiculous, yeah. and it's allowed to continue. Look, you look at a guy like uh, Joe Farrell. Joe Farrell was the commissioner of the Highway Patrol. Um, he retired from the Highway Patrol. He was a good commissioner. He's a good guy. But he went to, I think, UC Davis to be the chief over there. Yep. And so he's double dipping, and he's bringing home, you know, I don't even remember how much money would yeah. be 
No, I look. I, that, I, I, there are there are so many stories about you know this stuff going on, and it's so prevalent, and that nobody nobody has cracked down. Nobody. And it just makes people it just makes people angry. Well, it does. And then when you say, look, we we we've got to be responsible, then you're the bad guy because you're right. saying that people like teachers and police officers and firefighters don't deserve a pension. No, nobody's saying that. Right. That that's not right. the point. The point is these ridiculous sums of money and these people who are taking advantage of the system for their own gain. Yep. That needs yep. to go away. I agree. And so. and, and the PERS laws, um, or policies, laws, whatever that govern PERS, they need to be changed. Well, that's a whole political can of worms in Absolutely. and of itself. Uh, the the board members and how much they make and 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 that 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 that's, that's been so misguided for ten years. It's unbelievable. Hey, so. things would be different if we were in charge. <laughs> Maybe. You, you didn't say better. You said different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Exactly. Thanks, Thanks a lot. I appreciate the call. It's always good to hear from Steve. Always has a good call. It's a 609 here on a Saturday evening. Uh, phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. My name is Sam Shane. This is a Weekend Live. I want to dig into this rift that's taking place in the Democrat Party in California about whether or not Donald Trump should be impeached. You may have heard of a guy. His name is Tom Steyer. S-T-E-Y-E-R, and he is a billionaire with a B, and he is a Democrat activist, and he has been calling for the impeachment of President Donald Trump. He has spent more than $40 million of his own money on his need to impeach campaign. He's collected over 5.4 million signatures to date. The guy believes that Donald Trump needs to be impeached. So we're going to hear a couple of audio clips now from Tom Steyer to explain his position and why. He's the founder of Need to Impeach. He claims there's no oversight in our federal government. There's no separation of powers, essentially. And he blames the Republicans. The actual process of oversight has completely broken down. That we don't have a separation of powers. We don't have checks and balances that we all learned about in fourth grade. We have a Republican Party that shut that down. I have no idea what he's talking about. We have no separation of powers. We have a judicial branch, a legislative branch, and an executive branch. The Supreme Court, in the last couple of weeks, has issued a, a number of major decisions. This past week, they, they issued a major decision requiring that online companies must be charged a sales tax. That's a huge ruling. It was a 5-4 to four ruling. Justice Roberts was the deciding vote. That's separation of powers right there. The United States Supreme Court has ruled. And now it must become the law of the land. And then when Congress passes a bill and the president signs it, that becomes the law of the land. So to suggest that there's no separation of powers is lunacy. Now, it may not be working the way that he wants it to, or as, as, as efficiently as all of us would like it to, but it's still there. Yes, the executive branch has more powers. We're seeing more executive uh, decisions being signed by, you know, President Obama was, was famous for signing one executive order after another. Of course, they're now all falling apart because they won't hold up over time. So there are many historians will tell you that the executive branch has become much stronger. That's a valid point. Doesn't mean there's no separation of powers. And then to blame it on one party. That the whole thing is crumbling because of the Republican Party. We have two major parties in Washington, D.C., Republicans and Democrats. It's been that way for decades. Now, how is it one party 
that's responsible for the whole thing coming apart. I don't know. I, I don't see the logic there, but anyway, he goes on to claim that there is a bias to impeach Trump. But we have all the information we need to impeach this president. We get the information every single day. There's no question about it, but people don't think it's in their political interest to do it. I don't know what information he's talking about. We get it every day. I'm, I'm at a loss here because I'm not really sure. I mean, you, you may not like the guy's policies or the way that he talks, and you may find him objectionable and offensive. But the Russia investigation has produced zip so far, zero. There's, there's nothing there so far. Nobody has come forward and said, Donald Trump broke this law and has provided evidence, and therefore we need to impeach. I mean, to impeach a president, you have to have very serious allegations that have to be proven, and then Congress sits down and does their work. But we're not seeing it every day. We're not even seeing it every week. This is just sort of... I just found the whole thing to be very emotionally driven. And Kevin DeLeon, the state senator, also weighed in on it this week, and we're going to play that audio clip for you on the other side of the break. And I think that you're going to find what he said also is an emotionally based argument that lacks any fact or logic. And that's why this thing is so thin. It's so troubled, this whole notion that they have. And we'll give you some statistics on how it has almost no traction with with the general public. And then there's Nancy Pelosi. And... Nancy Pelosi said something rather remarkable about all of this that was completely different than what Tom Steyer says. Uh, let's take a, a quick break. We have a phone call that just came in. We'll get to that on the other side of the break. Time now is coming up on 6.15. My name is Sam Shane. More on this topic and much more on immigration coming up. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio KFBK. 6.20. Hundred degrees. Welcome to summer in Sacramento, Northern California. Six twenty is the time again. Nine one six nine two one fifteen thirty one eight hundred eight three four fifteen thirty. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We're here every Saturday evening from five until seven p.m. Uh, we're talking a little bit about the whole idea of Democrats who want to impeach Donald Trump. Uh, got a couple of phone calls that have come in. I want to get to those in just a second, but I want to finish this out with a couple of. Uh, audio clips. This is from State Senator Kevin DeLeon to further this discussion. He believes that what Donald Trump has done, in his words, worse than Richard Nixon. But now listen to the clip, because DeLeon offers absolutely no evidence. Here it is. What this president has done easily surpasses what Richard Nixon did uh, back in the Watergate. So the answer would be yes. I can say this, that I don't have any empirical evidence that, are, that is before me. I don't have that, that, uh, that luxury. Uh, but what I've seen to date, uh, easily, uh, in, in my mind, qualifies for an impeachment. He just said he doesn't have any evidence. He just said it. We need to impeach the president. I don't have any evidence, but we need to impeach him. This is a state senator. Senator Kevin DeLeon. Honestly. 
So we're going to hear from uh, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi in just a second. She's got a whole different take on this. But before we do, this is more from De Leon. He's trying. He's he's still not trying to justify his case for impeachment after he says he doesn't have any evidence. So here's here's his more of his justification. This has nothing to do with partisanship, whether you're Democrat or Republican. This ha- this happens to be if you are an American, if you care deeply about the bedrock values of our democracy, the rule of law. Um, the wisdom of public opinion, uh, the freedom of the press. So if you believe in that, I think uh, we've seen enough. Uh, this president uh, is not qualified to be the president of the United States. The freedom of the press. Since when has that been in jeopardy? I mean, have you gone online and seen how many newspapers are out there? How many newscasts are out there? How many news sources there are out there? We're being inundated with news sources. Freedom of the press. People who can investigate the government. The freedom of the press is not in jeopardy here. I I don't know where he gets this stuff. And then he says it has nothing to do with partisanship. When 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 a politician says it has nothing to do with partisanship, it has a lot to do with partisanship. We go to a Pete. He's on the phone right now from Sacramento joining us on a Saturday evening. Hi, Pete. How are you? Oh, doing good. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's uh, on your mind? So I, I agree with everything you say. Um, and the, this whole, um, added, or, and I, it's just an underlying um, theme of false accusations with, with no basis whatsoever. Well, and, and so and I, are you talking about specifically like the Mueller investigation or are, what, what, what is it? Are you, are you, or you're just seeing it across the board right now and it's pervasive in our government. It's pervasive in our go- in our government with the sound clips that you just played. It's pervasive um, in that regards. And it's also pervasive in in the press, where um, you know, if you don't like Trump, just say you don't like Trump. But right. you have to give me something else. Right. Why don't you like Trump? And then give me the Democrats need to, to take it a step further and say, okay, this is why we don't like Trump. And this is how we're going to change it. But right? Get, no, no. Be, look, like, look. There's, there's still a bunch of spoiled little brats that lost. Right. No, no, look, and- da- look, De Leon, as, as a state senator, has a responsibility. If he wants to impeach the president of the United States and he wants to say so publicly and post that, fine, go ahead, but give us some evidence. And it's disingenuous yeah. for you to come out and say, well, I don't have any evidence to do it, but we should just do it. And then to suggest that the freedom of the press is under siege, I mean, that's crazy talk. That's not true. And And here's my other problem, is that... Far too many reporters today just take these sound bites and they put them on TV or they pull, roll them out on some social media platform and they don't question it. And that's irresponsible and neither, as well. It, yeah, and, and, and a lot of times, unfortunately, neither does the uninformed public. So then they just go and repeat those same sound bites that they hear in the background while they're in, they're in line at, at Starbucks or whatever, and they just want to repeat that same sound bite. And it really doesn't. It doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Whatever problems are, I and, don't see any problems with Trump. I think Trump's done a great idea, great right. job so far. Right. I'm very much middle of the road, and I want to see, you know, give me some logical explanation of why you have this position. Absolutely. I throughout the board, I, no, and I agree. And, and and if you think for one second, Pete, that uh, the, the 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 political leadership in this country and those who are forming the opinion on one side of the aisle. Uh, don't think for a minute that the media will just take this stuff and just regurgitate it. You're crazy because they know full well if they plant this stuff, I mean, this whole immigration coverage thing is just spinning way out of control. This has been going on. This problem has been going on for decades in this country, and nobody's defending it. I mean, it's it's not a shining moment for the United States of America separating children from their parents. 
And that is something right. that needs to be addressed. But this is not a Donald Trump thing. It happened with President Obama. It's happened in other administrations. It's been going on for a long, long time. And now all of a sudden, in the last week and a half, it's become like the biggest story to ever hit America? I mean, it's crazy. The problem, the, yeah, the problem is that the truth, truth was, it, the problem is the reporting of it. It wasn't, it wasn't reported in the past, and you're right, it was always done. If I get pulled over for drunk driving, I get arrested and I have a child in my car, they're going to take the, they're going to take my child away from me. And that, and that's the, that's the problem. It's right. not being reported right. accurately. And right. they use these catch words like forcibly removed from their parents. Forcibly removed. So what picture does that paint? To somebody that's semi uninformed that just thinks with their well, yeah, emotions. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, yeah, look, Pete. I mean, we, themselves no, off no, I know. We, we, and, yeah, we've got we got a long way to go in in accurate reporting in this country. There's no question. We we've really really slipped. I agree. Listen, I appreciate the phone call. I do want to get to this soundbite. This is from Nancy Pelosi, and she essentially is saying, "Look, we do not need as a party to be talking about impeaching Donald Trump. It's a loser." The polling in America right now shows that nobody's even, it's not even on the charts. People care about housing. They care about wages. They care about the economy. They don't even, they don't, doesn't even register in a number of polls. So here's Nancy Pelosi's read on this. Impeachment is a very serious matter. It is, uh, if it happens, it has to be a bipartisan initiative. Uh, I don't think that we have the information to go to that place. And I discourage any discussion of impeachment. On the political side, I think it's a gift to the Republicans to talk about impeachment. What we want to talk about is what they're doing to undermine uh, working families in our country and what we are doing to increase their payroll and lower their cost. See, Pelosi gets it. I don't often say that, okay? I, I, I know that. But Pelosi, on this count, gets it. Steyer and, and DeLeon, I, I don't know where they're going with this. There's a recent poll from the Public Policy Institute of California Democratic voters, what do they care about? Jobs, economy, affordable housing, immigration. Then next, environment, drought, homelessness, and education. Impeachment wasn't even on the list. You lose, you bring that up. Uh, we can get to Edie very quickly here before we go to the break. Edie's on the phone from Sacramento. Hi, how are you, Edie? I'm good, thanks. Um, I wanted to ask you, the gentleman that's uh, circulating the position or the petition to uh, impeach Donald Trump, where is that petition going to land? Is well, just, <laughs> good question. Is it just for publicity that he wants to circulate that? Um, that my read is yes. Um, I, I don't know that that's going to do any good in the United States of America. Um, I don't know that you can put a petition on a California ballot to impeach a president of the United States because it doesn't apply. Um, so, yeah, I guess maybe he's just trying to drum it up, trying to stir it up. I think I think these Democrats are really laughable. Nancy Pelosi now says, "No, don't talk about impeachment." I think she was on the bandwagon. She at was. First, oh yes. So she found out that it's not a popular position in the country. Absolutely, she was. She was out front and center with a lot of Democrats who, who were talking about impeachment. They've backed off that because they know it's just, it's just people are not paying attention to that. It's silly talk. So. All right, Edie, thanks a lot for the phone call. We do appreciate it. Uh, it's coming up on 6.30. We have a hard break. On the other side, we're going to talk a lot more about what's taking place on the uh, immigration story, which has become, I mean, it's just been blown up out of proportion. We're going to, there are some statistics on how much time the network spent on that story on one day that are just absolutely mind-spinning. Uh, my name is Sam Shane, phone number 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. This is Weekend Live. We're going to be back here on the other side. 
Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Six thirty-five is the time. My name is Sam Shane. Thanks for joining us here on Weekend Live. We're here every Saturday from five o'clock until seven, and uh, we would love to have you join us every Saturday evening for a discussion about what has taken place in the past week that's been making news and what we can look forward to in the weeks to come. And you will hear some things that you likely have not heard on your local newscast or your network newscast of choice. We try to dig a little bit deeper and give it a little bit more context. And when we have political leaders that say things that just don't sound quite right, we'll point that out and we'll question them. We don't just roll out the soundbite that they say. That's pretty irresponsible, and it's far too common. And right now we're going to talk about immigration. So I'm in the studio right now, and we have a couple of monitors up, and I'm able to watch network newscasts and local newscasts. And tonight is a classic example. Network newscasts come on at 5.30 local time here. And the, to the best of my knowledge, they spent the, the entire first block, which is probably almost eight minutes or more, on one story, immigration all they covered. And I know that they came back from the break and they continued their coverage on it. And then they flip over to the local newscast, which come on at 6 o'clock here locally. And I, 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 have, I can see a couple of different local newscasts from my vantage point. And tonight they told me that, it, that it's hot. And I was pretty aware of that, but they told me for quite a while that it was hot. And then they told me about immigration. So the network's extensively cover immigration. And then we come to the locals and they tell me it's hot in, in immigration. And the question is, why now? Why is this such a big story now? It's been going on for a long time. That's not to suggest that it doesn't need to be fixed, but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that previous administrations and previous Congress have just ignored the, have, have ignored this issue. And now it's, we, we got to get it fixed, Okay. But everybody's running to whatever shelter at whatever border. And they're doing live shots. And I mean, the, the amount of coverage is, well, here. Let me give you these statistics. Phone number here, 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. Anchors and correspondents at ABC, CBS, and NBC. Three major networks. Attacked the Trump administration for separating children from parents at the border. As they overwhelm, this is just in, on Monday, okay? Their Monday morning and Monday evening news programs, 94 minutes of coverage. 94 minutes of coverage between the three major networks on this one story. In total, the networks of this 94 minutes, in total, the networks devoted 6 minutes and 29 seconds to discussion of Obama's detaining of children. So they spend 94 minutes on a story, and they spend six and a half of those 94 minutes on the fact that, yes, President Obama's administration did the same thing. And they spend a minute and 37 seconds of those six and a half minutes denying that the Obama administration or other administrations had engaged in policies that matched those of the current Trump administration. Objectivity has left the building. So, the point is, is that yes, President Trump 
has got himself an issue, and so did President Obama. President Barack Obama separated parents from their children at the border. Obama prosecuted mothers for coming to the United States illegally. He fast-tracked deportations. He housed unaccompanied children in tent cities. They did that. Where was the outrage then? Newt Gingrich has been outspoken. And he has said in this past week he believes Democrats are using this controversy over migrant family separations at the border to play politics. Here's an audio clip. Newt Gingrich says the country of the United States of America needs to have one big, fat, honest discussion about what we want. Do we want protected borders? Or do we allow anyone to come into America with no restrictions or background checks? Here's the clip. Yes, we want to keep children with with their families, but we also want to control the border. The Democrats want to use the children as an excuse to go to an open border where tens of millions of people could flood into the U.S. Remember, there's been a huge increase because of the cartels and because of the Mexican government. There's been an enormous increase in the number of people coming out of Central America. And even the Obama administration had a zero-tolerance policy. You can find quote after quote of the Obama administration leadership saying, we're not going to let people come across the border illegally. It was the same discussion in the Obama administration, and it received just a fraction of the attention from the national media. And hardly any of the criticism, despite some of the pictures that we saw from from 2014. I'm sure you've seen them there online. If you haven't, you can find them anywhere. Kids in cages, wrapped up in foil. It was a 2014. Where was the outrage? Let's go to Max. He's from Sacramento. Joins us on Weekend Live on a Saturday evening. Hey, Max, how's it going? Uh, good evening. I um, I think part of this, I think this is twofold. One, the media uh, kind of you know controls the narrative. I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, somebody finds a hot topic that they can try and hammer away at the president at, and they just go after it. Well, uh, and not only that, but then they all follow each other. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's all literally talking points. I mean, I've, we've heard that on other points of conservative radio, I guess you could say. But I also think that some of this is the president playing the long game. I think he knows that these fights are coming Um, because with each step, I mean, you kind of get tired and fatigued with each argument that comes along and then it goes away. I mean, we're not hearing about Russia. We're not hearing about Hillary Clinton anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, North Korea, you know, a year ago, we were about to go to war with North Korea. That doesn't appear to be happening. Um, Everybody was saying that the end of the world was going to come when we moved the embassy to Jerusalem. That didn't change anything. And you, and you think, Iran. And you think that, that, that Trump has, has uh, this is all part of his strategy? Well, I don't know if it, I won't call it a strategy per se, but, you know, he's been in the game a long time, you know, hobnobbing with all these guys that are running the uh, legislative branch. I mean, he's known Schumer for 45 years. He's mm-hmm. known all these, you know, high-ranking people that run the, run around in that place. And I think he knows where a lot of those skeletons are. And I think, I think you know, I think some of that is him playing, you know, poking the bear, for lack of a better word, trying to see where he can drive people crazy. And as he solves these problems, it forces people to find a new well uh, to, to pull their you know, their electioneering from. I mean, you know, immigration has been an issue. I mean, I'm almost 50 years old. Right. 
right? Immigration's been an issue as long as but, I've been alive. But Max, this was a guy, he identified it before any other candidate on the Republican side, and then he hammered it home when he got in the general election because he knew it resonated with the people of America. They're very concerned about porous borders uh, uh, all around this country. And he, 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 he knew that. He, you know, he's more politically astute than people gave him credit for. I agree. I agree. I think, you know, I think he found the way, the right way to resonate that with people. Other methods have tried and failed. You know, we had the uh, compromise in, uh, under Reagan. And then we, you know, we had, we've had other attempts at trying to fix it that were all, you know, within the established framework, I guess right. you could call it. Right. And he's taken that rule book and he's thrown it away. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, you know, what, Max, the, I wasn't this, I, yeah, go ahead. I wasn't this fan, but I am now. Okay, Max. Listen, uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate. it. I got to push on to another call. And look, if you think that the, that 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 this is going to go away, that that as he said, poking the bear. No, I, I think that um, I think we're going to see a, an aggressive or even more aggressive stature from from President Trump as he goes forward because I think he feels emboldened. He's had some success now in the last six months on a lot of fronts: the economy, North Korea, and I think Max makes a great point. Um, he's embracing this discussion on immigration because he wants to push the dialogue. Uh, Christian joins us now from Natomas. Hi, Christian. How are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm well, thank you. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to make the comment that I'm really, really sick of hearing all this discussion and argument about illegal immigration. There's an adjective there, illegal. Um, As I was telling your screener, it has been two years, nine months, and 24 days since I've hugged my wife and son because I returned to the U.S. after being an expat so that I can give my son the, the uh, American opportunity. And, you know, I'm going through the legal immigration process. If we had a functioning, working legal immigration process, then the debate about illegal immigration would be, would be nonsense. It, it would, there wouldn't be a debate. The laws would be enforced. And the simple fact of the matter is we're sitting there pandering to all these people that lie, cheat, and steal to come here illegally and cut in line and take opportunities from other people giving them government benefits during the legal immigration process, I have to file an affidavit of support saying that my family will not utilize any government benefits. So Christian, I mean, I've, I've heard sound bites from uh, other legal immigrants who have arrived in America within the last 20 years and have done what you're doing. They've gone through the process the right way and they fill out the proper paperwork and they play yeah. by the rules and they too are as frustrated as you are by this. And I'm not an immigrant to this country. My family has been here since this country was a country. But my wife is wasn't. Uh, my wife is a foreign national, and she's never been here. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring my son here. Let him experience the American dream. And you know that's what this country is founded on. It's not the American guarantee. It's the American come here, work your ass off, and make it happen. And mm-hmm. I just I I'm, I'm just frustrated by this pandering to be again, like I said, to people that lie, cheat, and steal. I, you know, look, I, look, Christian, I, you, you make an absolutely terrific point here. And, and I don't know of a single solitary American who is opposed to immigration. I mean, we are a country of immigrants. It's been repeated time and again. But play by the rules. Just do it the exactly. right way. And, 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 and then let the cards fall where they may. I mean, that's how life is sometimes. Yeah, this current debate, I look at it as uh, another white elephant, another flag for both sides to sit there and stir up their bases. Oh, the the it children are getting the children are getting uh, separated from their parents who illegally enter this country. Well, the simple fact of the matter does that mean that I can go and find some child on the street and go and break into Nancy Pelosi's house 
and say, oh, I've got a child with me. I get to stay. Yeah, here. no, look, I think that the children you are know? being used as pawns, and far too many of the uh, arguments are being based simply on pure emotion, and they lack logic, and those never, ever win. Ever. They never win the day. Uh, listen, uh, Christian, I really appreciate your call. Good luck with you, by the way, at, uh, in getting your son uh, to see America. That that would be awesome. Uh, but I am up against a break, and i got to get to this uh, to do a little bit of business. Coming up on 648, we've got another call coming in. More to cover on this topic, uh, some more sound bites. Uh, we're packed in the last uh, segment here, so stick around. Uh, Sam Shane here at KFBK, back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live News and Analysis on News Radio KFBK. Thanks for being here. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. KFBK Radio, 916-921-1530, If you want to hear the podcast of this show or previous shows, you can go to kfbk.com, click on the podcast tab, and find Weekend Live. Uh, before we get to more on uh, Newt Gingrich, by the way, calling pre- former President Obama a hypocrite, we'll tell you why in a second. Let's get to Tom. He is in Auburn right now on a Saturday evening. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hello. Excellent. Thank you for taking my call, Mr. Shane. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I I um I really have a problem with uh, DeLeon and and Steyer or whoever one of those guys you mentioned that said that there was a problem with the freedom of the press. Yeah, that was uh, that, se- that was Senator Kevin DeLeon. He said that the, oh. the that that that's the that's one of the reasons he gave uh, to impeach President Trump that the uh, freedom of the press was under attack. And I I just I don't get it. Yeah, I don't I don't see it at all. In fact, it's obviously absolutely opposite because what's going on is that like. I did video. I've done video. I've done hundreds of videos on YouTube, and uh, uh, I did the David Hogg video with the Hitler thing, and it was just like I got banned in 28 countries. And all it was was it was just like you know the guy put his fist up. He looked like Hitler, and it was a great video, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, and so what I'm saying is that. DeLeon is absolutely opposite. He's telling the opposite of what's really happening. Uh, that's that's exactly that's exactly my point, and that's why I wanted to play the soundbite. You you can't yeah, let that absolutely. kind you can't let that kind of rhetoric from our political leaders bleed out into the public without pointing out the obvious uh, inconsistencies and just lack of truth. I mean that's just crazy talk. The, the freedom of press in America is not under attack. If it were, we'd certainly be talking about it. I assure you of that. I would be the first person to be jumping up on top of a, a building and saying, "We've got a problem. We need to have the First Amendment and the freedom of press." Right, and then every time you see CNN yelling about Trump and then on and on and you know and then and then and then we see the Brexit and then the European Union they they show all the BBC and then they all they do is they show the uh, oh the anti Brexit march. But did yeah. you see the big well, well, today? No, no, no. And I, no now bias in the media is another issue. There is a problem with that. Uh, I appreciate okay, that, Tom. Yeah. Thanks thanks a lot for the call. The, no there's there's no question that bias in the media is just an extraordinarily relevant topic today. Um I want to get to this uh, with regards to the whole immigration discussion because Newt Gingrich had a couple of very interesting things to say. Um, President, when President Obama was in the White House, this was going on. There, there wasn't the outrage. But one of the most controversial measures that Obama took was to resurrect the practice of detaining mothers and children to deter further illegal immigration. He did that. No outrage. He would face legal challenges, would eventually stop him from detaining mothers and children indefinitely. It was a federal judge in California ruled that the Obama administration violated a 20-year-old case it was known as Flores when it kept families detained for longer than 20 days. He violated a case to do it. 
Where was the outrage? And for that, Newt Gingrich said in an interview this week that he believes that former President Barack Obama is a hypocrite because Obama criticized Trump. Look, the level of dishonesty and the level of just brutal partisanship we're now living through uh, is exactly what you get when you have this scale of change in the political structure. These were all Democrats who were prepared to work with Hillary Clinton, who are now prepared to fight literally all the way to the end against uh, Donald Trump. No matter what Trump does, they're going to attack him Mm -hmm. for it. Uh, and they're going to try to avoid helping. I think it's going to cost them six to eight seats in the Senate by the time this is over this fall. So he's talking about the fact that there's this level of dishonesty, and he believes that these people who are so opposed to Trump will fight tooth and nail no matter what, and that they will pay a political price for that. But I want to get back to the soundbite because we just, we by mistake, skipped over it. And, he, and this is where Gingrich calls... Obama a hypocrite because Obama criticized Trump's immigration policies. His administration, in response to a huge increase in the number of people coming out of Central America and the deliberate development by the drug cartels of human trafficking on a large scale, his administration announced a zero tolerance policy. I mean, he should have talked to his Homeland Security uh, secretary. Uh, So there's a certain amount of, of really remarkable hypocrisy on the left right now. That just didn't come out in most of the coverage this whole week. It just really didn't. I mean, you heard bits and pieces of it. But you sure didn't hear it from the quote-unquote middle-of-the-road mainstream objective reporters. I mean, the facts and the time given to one side are just so overwhelming, it's amazing. Uh, By the way, quickly, Chuck Grassley has said in an interview that he would like to subpoena James Comey and Loretta Lynch to testify before Congress. Look for that. The only person who's in stepping in front of that is Senator Dianne Feinstein. He needs her okay, and apparently she's been reluctant. We'll see. Uh, my name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. Thanks for being here. We're back here next Saturday night at 5 o'clock from 5 to 7. We hope you join us then, and have a great, great weekend. We'll talk with you later.